launch ahead. We came up with the Chiddush, according to Rav Hutner, that he initially presented it in one way and then he makes a subtle change. The initial presentation was that, the, that within the person there are these two conflicting koiches. There's a koich hazilzul, the koich haleitzonus, and the koich hahilul, the koich to venerate something. And those two koiches compete within a person. In order for a person to get his sights in the wrong direction, he actually has to first create a victory over the koich haleitzonus in general so that some things are important. And that's already a step forward. Then he has to make sure that the importance is directed in the correct direction. That was the original bo- model offered by Rafutna. The truth is, as he progresses, he actually shifts that model somewhat. And he says the following thing. He says, why is it that Chazal picked as Avodah Zorah the place to illustrate the heter of good leitzonus, of muta leitzonus, of encouraged leitzonus? And he went on to explain, because Avodah Zorah is the highest importance, the most honor, as it were, given to the greatest line. Avodah Zorah has no real intrinsic importance, and you treat it in the way of Avodah, which is the ultimate importance. So if you want to describe the best use of Leitzonus, the most positive use of Leitzonus, it's to bring down the greatest lie at its zenith of importance, which is mocking Avodah Zorah. And hence, that's why Chazal say, asura Of course, it doesn't mean that Leitzonusa da Zorah is the only permitted Leitzonus. Because any Leitzonus of the Tzadara is encouraged and permitted. It's to illustrate that this is where Leitzonus is most aptly expressed and implemented. Good? Then Ravutna went on to say, if that's true, it comes out that you can have a koyach of Leitzonus, which appears to be Leitzonus in terms of the mechanism and the application, but in truth, if you put on your spiritual, your lamdish spectacles, what appears to be Leitzonus is exactly the opposite thereof. Because the koyach of Hillel is the ability to establish the correct relationship to an object of given importance. When the object is important, when the thing is important, when the value is valuable, so the opposite of Leitzonus, koyach Hillel, is to give that value its correct place. Leitzonus is there to devalue, to undermine the value thereof. Leitzanusa da'avoyda zora is in cahoots with the koyach to give things their correct value. Just like koyach Hillel says something which is truly choshuv is choshuv. Chashivus ha is a choshuv azach. So too the leitzanus of avoyda zora says something which is not choshuv is not choshuv. So it also is a koyach of establishing the correct hierarchy of priorities and what's important what's not important. So really if you want to find the Shoresh of Leitzanus Davodazora, it comes from a completely different location to Leitzanus itself. Leitzanus comes from the Kirch Hazilzul inside of a person. Leitzanus Davodazora comes from the Kirch Hahilul inside of the person. And therefore it's nourished, it's yonek from a Mokoim to Horemoid.
a very pure place. It was a Kiddush that Rav Hutna said. And therefore, even though a person can make one late sonus, and it can be the greatest expression of what's important, a different type of late sonus is an undermining of anything important. The one scenario he is a late, and the other scenario is Ishlafi Mahalaloi. Interesting, no? Hello. Good morning. Good. Summary. Let us forge further, if we may. We'll start in the middle of paragraph Hey, after those Hillel and Hillel, which he summed up the point which is made by saying, that's what Leitzanusa on the side of goodness is. When the Kercha Hilul, the ability to desecrate, comes from the Kercha Hilul, the ability to praise. They really stem from the same source. Venimsa, even though in an external fashion, it looks like Leitzanus, in its root and its essence, it's the furthest, furthest thing in the world from Leitzanus. The Leitzanus stam, he am tzoaz zilzul l'shem ribui hazilzul b'olam. Leitzanus in general is the locating the cheapening things for the sake of making everything cheap. It's to find the cheapening to make things valuable. You follow it? Rabbi Zai? Ukosa bemisilas to show him. Key. Late sonus achas doiche meatoi chochois. One late sonus pushes off 1,100 rebukes. Ubli sofek. It's no doubt. That the source of the Ramchal to say these words, from the words of the Gemara which say, just like it is a mitzvah to say something which will be heard, so it's a mitzvah not to say something which will not be heard. And the source in the Gemara to say this is because it says in the Pasuk, Al Toichach Leitz. The Pasuk in Mishra which says, Do not rebuke a Leitz, lest he come to hate you. We see from this Pasuk that the antithesis, the opposite of receiving rebuke, rebuke accepting criticism is Leitzonus. Leitzonus is the capacity which causes us to dismiss the rebuke that's visited upon ourselves. But the truth is, if you think about it, there are many reasons why a person won't listen to criticism. Could be that because you you feel the criticism is unjustified. It could you feel that that you're a Balgaiver. It could be because you're insecure. It could it could be other reasons than late sonus which force a person to be doiche criticism. So why is it that 
of all things, Leitzonus is described as the antithesis of the ability to accept constructive criticism. Goes on Rav Hutton, he says, Why is the resistance to receiving rebuke made dependent by the Gemara on Leitzonus? The Gemara says, don't say something which won't be heard. Meaning, if you're going to say something that someone's not going to listen to, don't say it. And the reason given is because of, don't rebuke a late. What do you mean? Don't say something to someone that he won't share. Because, because, because people are by the Or people are Australian and they'll start crying. Because uh, you'll offend his, his ego. Don't tell me that the only reason there is for not saying something which won't be heard and must be because he's a late. What's the connection intrinsically between late sonus and a resistance to accepting criticism? That's his Shailam. Omnam heim heim hadavarim. This is exactly how I explained it all above. Ein kan hakavona. When the Gemara says, don't say something which cannot be heard, it's not referring to a specific criticism on a specific act. It's obvious that in the details of any given Teichocha, there are many reasons and preventative barriers which stop it from being received. We're referring to what's the source. What is the nefesh, the emotional part of a person that he resists hearing what's wrong with himself? What is a nefesh? There are many reasons. But what nefesh in its essence dispels criticism, undermines the presentation of the gravity of of what I've done wrong. The Koyach Aleitzonus Bichlal Misnagedu Lokoyach Kabbalas Tuchacha Bichlal In general, in essence, the Koyach Aleitzonus is fundamentally opposed, goes in the opposite direction to the Koyach of accepting rebuke. The Chol Tuchacha Inyonahu Lo'orez HaChashivus Shal Tikunam Uvas the point of Teichorcha is pointing out the importance of fixing up what went wrong. If it's, not, if it's not important what went wrong, so then why should I fix it up? So Teichorcha is a recognition of the importance of change. People change when they realize that they can't keep on going the way they are. And the reason why they get to that realization is because Going further and ignoring this thing that I have to change is not considered going further. Um, in the physical world, a person smokes happily even though he's told not to and how to harm his health. And then all of a sudden he has a chest x-ray and um, there's a bad sign in his lungs and he stops the next day. Because then the chashivus of the danger becomes a reality. Until then it wasn't a reality. So Kabbalist Teichocha means that when the point you're raising against me has weight attached to it in my, not weight attached to it in intellectually, weight attached to it, Aaron, emotionally. 
I can sit and talk to you about all the things you're doing wrong. They are few, but they are there. Discuss at a later date. <coughs> but it won't have any impact on you unless you feel that what I'm raising are real issues. If I say to you, Aaron, you know, it's, it's ridiculous how I've seen you twice in the last two months get up to take a cup of coffee in the middle of Seder. I mean, what's with that? Like, I mean, in the middle of Seder. So you say to me, this, this man is lunatic. Because that's not a bad thing to do. Meaning, there's no chashivus in the Teichacha. The response to that is, what do you mean? I meant to die first? It's called Eitzanus. The awakening of this importance, this value, the first target it hits is Leitzanus. The Leitzanus doesn't want anything to be important. And it breaks forth to kill the relationship of giving value to something, the second it starts to begin. So the minute that, that oh, it's stuck as something I should change. The Leitzonus is Gornish, it's nothing. And this one Leitzonus that can push off a hundred rebukes. Doesn't mean literally that the person being rebuked makes a mockery practically in reality of the rebuke of the rebuker. It's much deeper than that. It's much deeper than that. It's internally there's an operating mechanism. Even when you don't make a mockery out of it, but you say, I shouldn't really be worried about that now. I'm a growing about sugar. Those are the things I have to be concerned myself with. I was just thinking that if you imply, if you like apply safer, that it's that it's not It's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing. Um, as you become more stable in Yiddishkeit, so then you, you start to see the scary krach become more and more manifest. There, there are people who are very big mass medium that I have a strong tiver to mock. Now, as I feel today, my strong tiver to mock them is because I hold that they're evil. Now, it's a little bit difficult to explain why the whole people who are mass medium in Torah to be evil. That's where perhaps Leitzonus comes in. In other words, it could be that because of my own issue of so it's good for me to mock them. Because if I don't mock them, it comes out that they're doing something that I'm doing something. They, they're an open toichocha on me. So that's very uncomfortable. I'd much rather be mevatel them. And they're out of touch. They're not being real. They think that they're learning. They're wasting their time. Rather, rather they should be doing what I'm doing. Being productive with my time. Drinking tea and making good jokes bad jokes that's honest so as a result it's not it's not like it's not it's, it's almost it becomes a way of life it's not just a joke here and a joke there right, it's, right. it's an approach to things you make leitzonus you make leitzonus of anyone you make leitzonus of chassidim eh, chassidim funny hats you, you take away the whole thing you, ta- you take away the whole thing and it's so easy to do for me because uh, unfortunately I'm 
I suffer from this. It's a big problem. Yes, Yeshua. Do you think as a core in like the Yitzhara, that just to drive you to do other other things? Like, or take away of course, Avadai. Once, once the Yitzhara is this Yitzhara is Kehara inside of a person. It's coming directly from the Yitzhara. Tamalek, as we'll soon see. It's Mamash Amalek. No, it's a koch bifnei atzma. It's got nothing to do with taiva. It is its independent power. It's not that it wants you to go indulge in your taivas. It wants you to say that there's. So how does it come to stop you from? So then, so again, that's what he said previously. That sometimes what stops you from hearing the toichocha is taiva. But taiva is not intrinsically opposed to toichocha. Leitzonus is. Sometimes someone says to you, "What? You want to have a that your sixth helping? You have another helping? It's toichocha." And there your Taiva says, yes, I'm going to have another, you don't want to hear that. It's not like Sonos that's stopping it. But in general, Taiva is not necessarily menage to, to Teichocha. It's a different Koyach. Uh, a, a very important aside, I don't know if, you, if you're trying to get this feel just pro- through osmosis from learning this Afutna, is you see how he feels around and, and, and gives the structure to the Koyachas and the Nefesh inside of a person. And he starts to describe the interplay between them. So what I'm hoping is, through this process, you are gaining insight into yourselves. And you're creating an awareness, Oleg, of your own Koychas nefesh. Your own Koychas nefesh. You following me? What I'd like to do is suggest a few exercises to make sure that you don't allow this Torah to remain Torah in the air, not Torah which is practically implemented. If you're open to it, I would also like to, in way of a chazora of dimin and seichel, to not let go stale our entire avoid that we did on dimin and seichel, and also perhaps suggest some exercises to keep that alive. Are you up for it? Not too many. Not too many. So, in terms of trying to integrate this late sonus, it's a little bit. We haven't finished the piece yet, but let's think about it. In other words, in my life. Essentially, how I'd get to grips. What we want to do is we want to get insight into ourselves. Now we have a working model. The goal of Musa is to take that working model and apply it to your nitty-gritty details of your life. The only way you can make that transition is by doing exercises of trying to look at your life through the lens of the given idea. So, an exercise I suggest that you do is to write down, but you have to be very careful because don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Write down the three most important things to you. Don't, don't write down what you meant to believe. Write down from your gut. Try to catch yourself of God. In other words, when you ask yourself the question, ask yourself your question, what are the most three, impor- the three most important things in my life? And then don't think and write down the first three things that, to, that come to your mind. It's much more accurate of knowing what you really think. The thing is, nothing's random. In other words, the fact that those things popped up in your mind and something else didn't pop up in your mind is significant. So ask yourself the question, what are the three, the three most important things in my life? And don't... Don't think, and then just write down the first thing that comes to your mind. And don't practice now. 
Um, Isn't that good again? I mean, what do you mean there's nothing random? Like, of course things are random. Like, you could be just be saying, you could just walk by a burger and then just like, wow, geez, hamburgers are the most important thing in my life. Like, what do you mean? Of course things are random. There's no such thing we as... We just talked about that, like, when we were talking about the dimyon, to say, like, that you see something in something in the street. It triggers a memory, and the chashivas of that thing comes back to you so strong. That's not random. That's that's not random. That's not random. That's 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 very descriptive of who you are. Demian itself, it's not MS, but it's not random. Random means there's no connection between what I think and what I am. Every single thing you think is a description of who you are. Meaning that if a person walks past a hamburger joint. Mm-hmm. So different people depending on their relationship to food will think of different things. If a person's dimion, I g- give you the classic examples is, is Rabbi Salanta. There's an interaction between mm, I've forgotten who. One of the Talmudim of one of the Baal Musa said to his Rebbe, he said, Rebbe, I don't understand. The Gemara says that if you look at the Tcheles in your tzitzis, you'll think of the sea. If you think of the sea, you'll think of the heavens. If you think of the heavens, you'll think of the Kisar Kovod. I mean, let's be honest. Who's going to make those, those associations? So his Rebbe applied to him, replied to him, says the Gemara says it's Asur to look at a woman you know's clothing hanging up on the hang on the washing line because it will bring to a hirur. What's a shaykhis? You see a dress and then you think and then you think and before you know it you're in trouble. So is that you understand? The guy says yes. So he says aha. It just depends where your lave is. It just depends where your lave is. That's why it says Lois Asur Achari Levavchem Vachari should be the other way around. Your eyes only see what the lave wants. So, to contrast, this is Rabbi Israel. Pshel Salanta was once in a shul, and they were bargaining off the aliyahs, and they were selling the aliyahs for different values in the currency, which was a grush. And the plural of grush is grushen. One grush, two grushen. So, they bargained off the one aliyah, and they bargained off for a number of grushen. Fifty Grushin! I don't know if it was fifty, maybe it was Finnif, maybe it was Sway. I don't know what it was. Rabbi Shah heard the word Grushin. He went Grushin. Groishoin. Groishoin is the Yiddish. It's, it's a similar sounding word, but it's actually two different words. It means grey means grey. Shoin means already. So he went to he heard Grushin. He went Grushin. Groishoin. Really grey. Already grey and I haven't done Shiva! Vaita! It just depends on your ladies. If your ladies note in a direc- direction, so everything will speak to you in terms of the Natias Alev. So therefore, if a person thinks there's another story about one of the Talmudim of the Alta, Slabotka, that spoke a Musashmuz. And in the Musashmuz, he described Samuel and Midah, and Midah, and his expression and his deliberate illustration of the Midah was in the form of a delicious hot bulka. A bulka is a small sweet roll. And he went into a very graphic description 
of the freshness and the aroma and the crispy externality of this particular bulka and afterwards the the the, the Tommy were very impressed with his drosha because he really hit the hit the point home very strongly and they went to the altar and the altar said ah he like he he he, he dismissed him he he was dismissive of his drosha he says he loves to eat because the marshal he chose was in the realm of food there are many marshalim to choose from and that's why every act that you do is significant to expressing who you are the words you choose the analogies you bring all describe your inner world nothing is random nothing is random it may not be the ultimate definitive in what happens is in 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 trying to fathom a person sometimes you speak to people and they're very unaware of what's going on inside of themselves especially when younger children and adolescents and the answer to almost 80% of questions is I don't know I don't know I don't know uh, you can say to them why do you feel why do you feel that you're so angry I don't know why do you feel that you're happy today? I don't know everything's I don't know I don't know I don't know, I don't know. so if you ever encountered with that problem what you have to say to the person is you don't have to know just guess so they, they'll say to you what does guessing help well the obvious answer is because only you will guess in the way that you'll guess so guessing is also highly significant so when you guess what's wrong with you so then that's very telling mm. and that's why that's why body language is significant that's why the, the body be'etzem is the kli which is mefarish the midas but you have to know how to read it the body is the 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 text of the midas and that's why people can who are insightful can understand from body language what a person is we all understand body language to a certain degree if we're more sophisticated in our understanding so then we know precisely what a person means when he tilts his head one way or he turns his eyes towards the, the left or he sits back or sits forward body language is a, is, is a very powerful means of communication. Often we understand intuitively, but we're not aware of the the under underlying implication of the way we move in in response to one another. And that's the same story with body language, with um, graphology, with all the ways of analysis. Which um, graphology is a fa- I'm not saying that graphology is a is a hard science. But they do say that the Alt of Kelm, by the way that the Bocha addressed his envelope, knew exactly who the Bocha was. Now that's because whenever a person does something, you make choices to do things in specific ways. If you decide to have write out the address and you decide to where you place it, even though there's a very limited spectrum of choice, where you place it on the envelope is significant. The size of the letters is significant. Graphology goes even further and it says that the different different letters have got symbolic meaning and if it's below so it's referring to the lower part of self, if it's above it's referring to the higher part of self. So a person whose letters stretch up it shows that he's lofty, a person whose letters stretch way down it shows he's, he's his shakur and taiva. If his letters lean forward it shows he's outgoing, if they lean backwards it shows he's resistant. In other words, that even the way you form your letters is a, is a way of representing yourself. So you can argue how accurate that is. But generally these things have an element of truth in them. But the, the general point, which is your guf is uh, megale 
your plim is vaday true. Certainly. Um, and thus, there's no random act, there's no random action, there's no random thought, and there's no random comment. I find, I find myself making a particular switch, which I find very telling about my attitude. Some, sometimes you call people by different names. Because y- there's an element of you which thinks that person is someone else. The way you refer to people. Sometimes you refer to your siblings uh, as my sister as opposed to by her name. So I mean that your primary relationship to her is in that connection. Not as a person, but as a sister. I'm not saying good or bad, I'm just describing. Um, <coughs> it's interesting, British people, when they refer to their parents, they don't refer to them with the possessive. They don't say my mom or my dad. They say mom or dad. Nakhon? You for sure do that. What, what, what I was saying. You, you say mum says. You don't oh. say my mum says. I, I noticed that you do that, yeah. Mum says? Yeah. There you go, eh? That just sounds like a weird sentence, eh? So I'll just well, no, she says something. <laughs> mom, no, I know, but like... <laughs> mum says that's not right. No, I've never said that. Mum? Mum says... Anyway. Okay, listen, so Makhlaik is you and Tamir about yourself. <laughs> the point being, the point being that there's nothing random. So when you ask yourself the question, what's the most three most important things to me? Whatever answers that you write down are tucker reflective of yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean that those are definitely the three most important things to you, but it's worth thought. So the exercise is to write down the three most important things in your life, and then ask yourself the following question. What are the three things I mock the most? Mock not necessarily mean like I make a joke, it means like I get, eh, not important. But little. and see where that gets you. That may provide insight into life.